eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think you're starting to hear that in the players' voices that they're uh, eager to kind of do something different. So the arrival of that preseason game Saturday against the Titans will be welcome. And obviously next week they'll come back here for a day, take a day off, and then head down to Indianapolis for those two crossover practices, which I think will be – for me, anyway, really some 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 telling days and nights, actually, because they're going to be practicing at night down in Indy. But but you expect the intensity to ratchet up down there and to go against a different opponent and, and measure things up that way will be, I think, illuminating for us to see exactly where this team is on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think that'll tell us a lot about some of this defensive linemen on this on this front in terms of going up against some of the elite players that they have. You talk about Quentin Nelson and some of those other guys. I think that's going to be a really good test to just see how they hold up uh, against another team and, and what that looks like. I think they also have the tape coming to the Tennessee game to kind of evaluate themselves from that as well and then go out to Indy and, and put that on against those guys for a couple of days. So I think some really, really important days coming up for them over the next you know 10 days or so where they can figure, the, figure a lot out about themselves. So we got a lot to get to in this episode. We have not had a podcast episode since the Bears completed the signing of Yannick Ngakwe last week. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the defense as a whole, which has had some really bright moments throughout camp and has also uh, been dealing with a little bit of the injury bug. We'll get into the arrival of Mercedes Lewis, a veteran tight end who's come in uh, on the offensive side of the ball to be a leader. And, and Herb, you're going to be a, a special guest contributor to one of our favorite segments on the show at the very end. Uh, what you're talking about, man, is uh, is is one of the uh, one of the better. Or what you're doing, man. I'm sorry, I, I went I went different strokes there for a second. But what you're doing, man, courtesy of Zach Pickens, <laughs> we'll let you we'll let you chime in on that one in a little bit. But let's start before we get to all that. Uh, light practice out here at House Hall on Tuesday. Uh, red was the color code that we've yeah. been given, which is one of those uh, low intensity, non padded practices that we went through. But there's still some. Uh, significant 11 on 11 work today, a little bit up and down for the first team offense. Uh, what were your overall impressions, both with, with the way the Bears finished practice in that end of game drill and how they, they uh, managed through a, a backed up drill that we watched side by side from the, uh, the bleachers on the, on the east side of campus here today? Yeah, I know that a lot of these, you know, kind of ramp up practices can be a little bit 
hard to not as entertaining as some of the other practices, but I do think that the team get a lot out of it in terms of install, in terms of the mental reps, understanding exactly what they're doing. And then they play, they do a lot of things situationally. You talk about red zone, you talk about being bad, four minute, two minute, all those types of things. And I thought they got some pretty good work done. When they got to that point where they went, where they take the ball from the 50. Uh, there yeah. was about uh, 55 seconds left. They had the ball at the 50 tie yeah. game, and they were trying to get themselves in this position. Started off real bad. We heard Cole Komet talk about that. He caught a nice ball over the middle, but he was so wide open, and it turned <laughs> out because he ended up getting the offensive pass interference. He had thrown the defender to the ground, and so that got them backed up a little bit, lose 10 yards there, and they ended up getting a sack a couple of plays later. So they were behind the chains, and they kind of scrambled just to get themselves back within field goal range, ultimately setting Cairo up for a 50-yard field goal uh, with just like .6 seconds left on the yeah. I think when Justin was able to clock it. So uh, not not the best run um, uh, situation there, but ultimately they did what they needed to do and, and pulled it out. So I think that's kind of where they are right now. And like not a real well oiled machine, but uh, functioning well enough to succeed if, if if they shoot themselves in the foot too bad. So ideally you like to see them be able to go down the end zone or at least set up a chip shot field goal, not a 50-yarder, but Ultimately, they got it done. And so I, I think that's so far, that's where they are right now until they can get, you know, just a little bit more high functioning. They're going to struggle through some of those things. I think it's a pretty accurate description of where they are at this moment. Uh, you, you know, you get that opportunity to kick the field goal in part because Justin converts third and 17 with a bullet over the middle to Tyler Scott in what might have been his best nice. throw of the day. Just a really decisive yeah. throw, uh, you know, into a tight window to a, to a receiver who ran his right route properly. And then you get the completion to DJ Moore. And then you got to scramble. You got to get up to that line of scrimmage because you mentioned it 0.6 seconds were on the clock when they were finally able to clock it. If you're even a, you know, another five cents, tenths of a second off, all of a sudden the clocks run out and everyone goes, well, you just blew that opportunity to win the game. And so it's these little details that they're ironing out. I was encouraged to hear Richard Hightower talk after practice about just how in sync the coaching staff is in those moments, because Matt Eberflus, yeah. true to his reputation from the day he got here, is so well prepared and such a good communicator that he gets all facets, you know, Hightower talked about being on the headset with Luke Getze and, and Eberflus and Harry Freed, their uh, director of research and analysis, and just working through these things even before the position begins to to get themselves organized in a way that allows you to get a, a ball clocked with 0.6 seconds and send your kicker out there and potentially win a game. And then, uh, you know, you mentioned Komet. He talked afterwards about, you know, that that's it. That's what the NFL comes down to. It's every little half second counts, every little detail counts. And then Cole kind of came back after that to say, well, yeah, you know, obviously we're encouraged by practice, but we've got to do this stuff in a game because we all understand how many times last year we had the ball with the game on the line and weren't able to get it done. And so I think that this offense is, is eager to make this progress in practice so that they can then test it in the regular season and games. There are so many things that can go wrong in that situation. There are so many moving parts, and you got to be prepared for it before it happens. And so the fact that Coach Iberflus is always over-communicating, they're always getting prepared for these things. Everybody knows who's going to the part of it, right? Sometimes you get guys confused, and you get one extra guy on the field. They can't afford a penalty right now. Sometimes you get up to the line of scrimmage, guys just kind of in that angst. They jump. They get a little false start. Now you got a 10-second runoff. They didn't have another timeout there. So, so many things have to go right, and I like the way that Justin handled it. Got everybody up to the line of scrimmage. He was kind of peeking to make everybody was set, and then got that thing clocked. You to see the pride that he had as he as he kind of got that thing clocked and said, okay, we're giving our kicker a chance. And so, I do like the way that they were able to salvage it, but 
that you would like for them to not be salvaging that situation. You guys had 55 seconds. You had a timeout. You're at midfield. That should be an easier situation for you guys to make a couple of completions, get out of bounds, kill it, use your timeout, whatever you got to do, and set up an easier field goal opportunity for yourselves. But ultimately, like we said, they were able to save it because they are well prepared and they know exactly what to do. Coach Hightower even talked about how uh, the, the players on the field exit and the players come into the field. So all those types of things really, really matter in those situations. They executed it well. Uh, they can execute the first three plays before it get better. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Can you imagine how much we'd be ripping them in a regular season game if they, oh, no they lose a game with an opportunity like that? No doubt, and you, you throw everybody pushing and bounce. You needed the yardage. Everybody. Yeah. Oh man, it'll it'll be it'll be yeah, it will be ugly, and that is a, a hurdle that the Bears have to clear this year. They have to get themselves ready to to win in game on the line situations, and so I like the fact that they're practicing them a lot. They're able to correct some of their mistakes. Ideally, you get that twenty-eight yard completion without the offensive pass interference penalty to Cole Komet. Now all of a sudden you're just running the football and draining the clock and getting ready to kick that thing through the uprights. But that's just the way it goes here. And I think you know, consistent with most of Justin's camp here, this was practice number eleven. You have some really really nice moments, and then you have some moments where you you go, man, like it's just not there yet. Justin's picked off an eleven on eleven work on a deep shot that he took. Uh, to Darnell Mooney and Tyreek Stevenson played it perfectly, read it perfectly, and then used yeah. his ball skills to intercept it. Maybe more worrisome to me uh, than any than that than that turnover was was one of those uh, catch the snap and throw it quickly outside passes to Darnell Mooney in eleven on eleven work where, where Justin was just, he just threw it too fast and too wide and and it was an incompletion on one of these things that should be an easy completion and it's those uh, quick catch and throw simple situations that he's going to have to master to take the next step in his development as a quarterback and when you see a couple of those things you go man yeah this is not uh, the point where we should be escalating the conversation conversations on is Justin Fields going to be Jalen Hurts of 2022 and 2023 let's try to get him to be functional in these these basic situations so that he can kind of climb those stairs to eventually having that conversation yeah I know you were saying about a week ago that everybody's talking about the hype and you know MVP caliber ready and all those types of things and that may be true it's like you said it's about eight away from where he is right now, where he finished last season for sure. And so I think, that, you know, you try to some of these things, you talk about missing that that catch and throw, that's basically just an extension of your run game, right? That's yeah. not even really something that's supposed to be complicated. That's just something to keep you ahead of chains. More you can easily pick up six or seven, or if he slips one, he could take it and make it a big play. But you got to get that ball out. You got to be on time. It's got to be active. That should be pitch and catch for those two guys at this point. So see the missing those are things a little bit discouraging it's still early but those are things they want to be able to iron out right now some people were talking about being frustrated about the lack of deep shots and what's going on there i'm not worried about justin's deep ball i think he's shown enough that he can throw a pretty good deep ball but can you stay ahead of the chains can you make the easy throws can you hook up on those slants on those digs on those outs we've seen him do it sometimes throughout camp but consistently be able to do those things that keep you ahead of the chains that keep drives going and ultimately put points on the board and ultimately, that's not a play that anybody's ever going to see on social media because no one's going to clip the the incompletion on a swing pass to the left sideline. Just as they're not going to, you know, we, we were joking up in the bleachers that the Tyreek Stevenson interception, we'll see the interception. The Chicago Bears will put that out on their social media page uh, later yeah. Tuesday night, and it'll be like, great catch by the rookie. We'll see the ball come like down and him pick it, right? <laughs> yeah, you won't know who threw it, right? Like So so these are the things that kind of balance out the, the, the judgment of Justin and where he's at. 